Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. Pondling myself. Is that what it is? You're going to be falling? You okay? You're going to be all right? <laughs> oh, they're going to laugh at you. You're going to hear your voice coming, Jimmy. You're crazy. I'm going to say, yep, you are right. Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to Unfair Sports, where we take a pensive approach to the sports conversation. I'm your host, Jay, with your favorite co-host, Jimmy. Thanks for watching us here on YouTube, as well as wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. While you're there, please like, subscribe, rate us, and review us, and give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Man, just give us five anyway. Gift it. Gift it. So, on today's episode, we are going to dive into the bigger D in KC. Bedlam means chaos. Frozen 5 recap. We're going to ask about some suspensions. I think it's coming, but actually I think it's not. College football has some shakeups. Ohio State versus Georgia might be some good stuff. And also, does anybody want to be number one in the NFL? Hit us up on the Unfair Fan Line, 430-901-1906, and let us know what you think of the show. Give us your strongest opinions, and let us know if Jimmy's wrong, if I'm right, if Jimmy's right, and I'm wrong, That's as the well one. as a, what, no? Yep, no, I'm right. Yeah, whatever he just said, but you can go ahead and tell us what you want to say by hitting us up, 430-901-1906. Oh, six. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jam Master NBJ Young Boy never broke again. What's going on, bro? <laughs> what what too, baby? Wow, that's a uh, that was an interesting yeah, that one. Was, that was kind of a long one. That, that was a, yeah, it was a little extended. But I appreciate it. Worth it. it. It's create the creativity now, is that his there. Full name is it NBA Young, Young Boy, Boy never, never broke again? Is that I, really his whole I name? I think it's the NBA is never broke again. Yeah. So I think it's NBA Young Boy. Uh huh. So they have a okay. That, it, it, I, I don't know. I can't give up these young rappers. Today. That's the reason why I'm not a young rapper or I even actually keep up with most of them. I mm-hmm. occasionally scroll through Twitter and find a song that someone says you got to listen to. Go check it out. Like, ah, that's nice. But then I don't try to remember their names. I've, I've learned not to try. It's just not worth it. Yeah. Hopefully they come across my uh, my shuffle on Apple Music one mm-hmm. day. Maybe mm-hmm. the Spotify playlist. But besides that, I don't remember. Too much work. <laughs> Too much work. <laughs> So, well, speaking of words, speaking Jimmy, of words, we had a lot of uh, fun in the NFL this weekend. We did, we? we did. We had probably one of the biggest games of the season, maybe the biggest game of the season, when you consider uh, who was a part of the game. You had the Dallas Cowboys, um, the resurgent Dallas Cowboys, headed to Kansas City this past uh, weekend, also resurgent, somewhat in their own right, for one of the biggest games of the season. And the, if you didn't see the game, the Kansas City Chiefs, Found a way to emerge victorious 19-9 in a bit of a low-scoring, more defensive-type game. A stinker? A stinker. You can call it that, too. It was not fun to watch. You had Dak, 28-43, 216 yards, two picks. And then you had Patrick Mahomes as well, 23-37, of 37, 260 yards, no touchdowns, a pick, and a fumble. So with this, Jay, and all the elements that went into making this game the way that it was, fair or unfair, Kansas City won this game or Dallas lost this game? You know, it's kind of tough on this particular game 
to really pick which one of it is, if it's the Dallas losing or Kansas City winning, I'm going to go ahead and say that Kansas City won the game, mainly because their defense is the one that stepped up. Um, there was a surgence on the defensive side. They got pressure on on the Cowboys. They didn't allow the run game to do anything. Dak stayed on his back, and he threw two picks. So there was a lot of pressure, especially, I guess, because Chris Jones looks like he's back, like he's healthy. Mm-hmm. He was out with that hammy, what, a uh, month, month and a half ago, mm-hmm. came back at the beginning of November. I think this is where the defense is starting to get better because they can get pressure on teams without having to send a blitz now. And, that, and that, to me, that's probably one of the best things you could do as a team. Uh, Dallas showed us that over the last few weeks, and it's kind of funny that we're actually talking about them again now. Like every week we are literally uh, asking if Dallas is good or bad, and every week we're asking <laughs> if Kansas City is good or bad. Well, now we're seeing that Kansas City is good because they're on this winning streak. They've won, what, five straight games? Four in a row. Four in a row. Mm -hmm. So they're on a four-game winning streak. They look like the Kansas City of old, kind of. So I would say it's probably fair to say that Kansas City did win this game. Um, But at the same time, I don't know if we can really say much about either one of the teams. Mm. They this this game sucked. It was bad. (laughs) It was a bad game. But, Jimmy, the total in this game was, what, 52 the Let me see. Uh-huh. 50, 56. The over-under was set at 56 at kickoff. Mm-hmm. 56. And we got 28. <laughs> <laughs> Neither one of the teams even hit their total. No. That's how bad of a game, in my personal opinion, it mm-hmm. was. So, am I supposed to be excited about either one of these teams after this? Hell no. I still have more questions than I even have answers. Mm-hmm. I would say Kansas City won this game. Typically, in a game like this, one of the factors that you look at is which team was most aggressive. Yeah. And at least on the defensive end, obviously, Kansas City was most aggressive, really without even having to blitz. And a big part of that, like you mentioned, was Chris Jones, their all-pro defensive lineman, who finally looks like he's overcome the injury hurdles that he had dealt with this season and was was more than dominant. I believe he had, what, did I see three and a half sacks? Is that what I saw from a defensive tackle, if that tells you anything? I mean, that's Aaron Donald-level dominant. So he was dominant. So I would say that that's a big part of the reason why Kansas City was aggressive in this game. With Dallas, and you know, I always end up finding myself having to counsel the Dallas Cowboy fans after a loss. Um, yeah, that and this, seems this to be was, your thing. This one was pretty tough, you know, because I have sympathy and compassion for Cowboys fans, even as a 49ers fan, that most people don't have. So I will say this for Dallas fans. Don't hang your head necessarily because you were beaten by a good team. You had no Tyron Smith. You were on the road in one of the most hostile environments in the league. You had no Amari. You lose C.D. Lamb right before halftime. Zeke gets nicked up. It was pretty much, in my opinion, a non-factor in this game. Oh. So when you add all that up, you're probably not going <laughs> to win this game. But I do differ with you on one thing. I think that... This Kansas City Chiefs team, this 2021 Kansas City Chiefs team, has found a way to become not just a good team. I think this is a very good version of this team. It's easy to say that they're not because this offense is nothing like the Kansas City Warriors that we're used to seeing run the score up on teams. This 2021 season, they've had to change their identity. They realize that just for this season, they got to win differently. So now, what is this team? Instead of being an offensive team primarily, now, not only are they a defensive team, but they are a running team as well. Meaning, we're defense first, that sets the tone, we run the ball, and then we pass when we have to, when we need to. They're not going to be able to figure out 
other ways to look like the pre-2021 Kansas City Chiefs for, uh, because of the defenses that they're facing, right? So just like I thought, and that's a big part of the reason why you are now $50 richer than you were last week this time, thanks to me, you won the bet, very good, sir, was be, <laughs> was because of that, because I knew that this offense was, if not broken, they're not going to be the Kansas City offense that we've seen. They're not going to be, and they realize that they can't be, at least for the time being. I still think there's at least one Patrick Mahomes-type game, one or two still in there. I think he'll have maybe one for the rest of the regular season, and then maybe one in the playoffs. Hopefully it's the right time, AFC Championship, beyond whatever it is. Probably not. But this is the version of the Kansas City Chiefs that we're going to have to get comfortable with. This is what they are. But it's working. They haven't lost in a month. They're winning. So in that sense, I would say Kansas City won this game. So Kansas City has won for the last month. Mm -hmm. They beat the Giants, (laughs) the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. They won in Las Vegas, which, I mean, they always beat up on. And the Raiders they, are sputtering. The, the, the Raiders are sputtering. Uh-huh. And they beat Dallas at the house mm-hmm. with all those injuries you listed. Right. I'm sorry. I, I can't buy into this at mm-hmm. all uh, because this is not the Kansas City we used to. You said defensively, well, to become a defensive team. Let me explain something. This is the problem. Okay. They're the 30th ranked defense in DVOA. There's two teams worse than them. Mm-hmm. The Falcons and the Jets. Mm-hmm. Um, their defense is bad. Now, it's gotten better now that Jones is back. Yes. But their defense is bad. They're giving up everything deep. I mean, mm. if, if you know how to coach, <laughs> you probably <laughs> would go deep on them. But the thing that Dallas, the problem Dallas ran into is, like I said, it was that Tyrone Smith is out. Mm-hmm. Zach Martin looked, I don't know, he looked. He didn't look healthy. Mm. I don't know what it is. He probably mm. was healthy. He, he looked like he was getting abused out there. And Chris Jones was just doing everything you're supposed to do to beat this Dallas team, which is keep pressure on Dak mm. and also stop the run game. They got no run game going. And this Dallas team needs to have run run game going in order for them to be successful. And they look they've looked questionable since Dak came back anyway. It's just I don't know what's wrong with them that <laughs> ever since Dak came back, they just I mean, we gave them props for the Atlanta win, but I, I didn't. I said it was Atlanta. Like, why the hell would you think that Atlanta was any good? It's not even worth for you to say that it's worth giving them props on. It's Atlanta. They were decent the week before. Against, they, they beat the Saints the week before. It's Atlanta, man. Like, <laughs> it's the Falcons. Uh-huh. But no, I, I don't know if I don't know if this this Kansas City team is sustainable long term. So look at their schedule they got coming up. They got the Broncos, they've got the Raiders. They're traveling to LA to play the Chargers and then the Steelers come to town. It's four games that could be a toughie Why for them. Why can't they win all those games? Who fears the Broncos? Who fears who's you said the Raiders? They play them again who at the house. Them? They now but the Raiders shouldn't be a problem. The no. Broncos I do think is a questionable game only because the Broncos defense is better. Yeah. I think their defense is better than Kansas City's defense, and their defense has showed us what they can do when they beat Dallas. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, if Kansas City's offense can get back up and running, mm-hmm. I can see something. But that Steelers game, it's going to be tough because they always play everybody tough defensively, mm-hmm. and they travel to Cincinnati afterwards. Or they travel to L.A. to get the Chargers, uh-huh. who is, who's starting to propel themselves back up. Which the Chargers beat them earlier this season. Is that right? So that's a revenge game for them. Yep. This is shaping up to where Kansas City is, with, with all the number ones that have been getting knocked off that we'll get to, <clears throat> they could end up a number one, number two seed. Oh, yeah. yeah. Look, yeah. Right now, they're, I think they're the top mm-hmm. team. They're, they're the second best team in the yeah. AFC right all now. Right. So defensively, all right, DVOA, we both love DVOA. We think about it. We, we look at it. it. It makes a lot of sense. It's one of the best defensive stats you can look at. Yeah. And given what you said as far as who, who they face, the point of it is they've won all those games, four up, four down, and 
first five games of the season, you're giving up 31.4 points a game. Then you drop, you, you give 27 to Tennessee, lose that game. Ever since then, they're giving up 11.7 points a game. Yeah, they're doing a good job now so, of not letting people score. No, yeah, you're see, not but, wrong. But what I'm saying, but the defense is doing what they always do. They always start out the season not very good, and then they get better and better and better. Steve Spagnola starts coaching a better, better, more aggressive game leading into the postseason. That's been a big part of their success. As they so get think, healthier, I think too. The yeah. exact same thing is, is happening now. The only difference is they're going to rely on their defense more because this offense is still somewhat broken compared to what they used to be. So that- it's going to have to be defense and run the ball first before. Mahomes. Throw. That's what I'm terrified about is that that offense still looks like it's broken. And and that to me is their bread and butter. That's what gets them past teams in the playoffs. When you get to the playoffs, that's what's most important is hey, can your offense do its thing with the defense doing its job? Because the defense may do enough, mm-hmm. but if the offense isn't helping the defense, the defense is going to be worn out. See, but see, even though, you know, in, I mean, there's some truth to that. I feel like in the playoffs, the way that the team is structured now, it's what sets them up for playoff success because I think the majority of teams win by defense first, then running the ball, especially when you get into these outdoor stadiums. January, it's cold. you got to be able to run the ball. Yep. They can do that. So, so then, especially we get to see Clyde Edwards-Helaire back. Yeah, That's he's back. He's back this week, now, which, was, which was big. Yeah. You could tell he had a really good game. Right. Like his score-wise on Pro Football Focus, they're great for him. He was like at the 90 point. Yeah. He was high. He, he was, was good. He had a great good. game. Yeah. They limited his snaps because he was just coming back from that ankle injury. Right. But he was good. He looked just as spry as he normally did. So that's <laughs> definitely going to help the run game. Yeah. I, mean, so, I mean, you're right. So. Yeah, so this Kansas City Chiefs team, I'm telling you, they're dangerous. I love where they're at right now going into a bye. So they're going to get even healthier. Well, yeah, that's, that, that helps them a lot too going into that bye and then playing against Denver. But, but like I yeah. said, I guess the biggest thing for me is those victories, they beat the Packers without Aaron Rodgers. True. That doesn't tell me much. And they beat the Raiders, who's been reeling over the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, they beat the Giants, mm-hmm. who their quarterback's Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. And without Saquon at the point. Okay, so currently you don't believe in this defense quite yet. I don't believe but in see, either but, side of the ball but I don't yet. see any opponent in their schedule coming up that's going to make you believe. Because Cincinnati and Chargers. Denver, Chargers is going to make you believe? Okay. Oh, yeah. They, they've got Because the, the Chargers are up and down, which everybody's up and down. And speaking yeah. of which, we can actually just go right into this okay. part. Is asking the question: Does anybody even want the number one seed mm-hmm. on either side of the uh, the conferences? Does anybody want the a- NFC? Does anybody want the AFC? Because mm-hmm. it seems like as soon as the teams propel to the top, they lose, and they lose like in an ugly fashion. So this past week we had Green Bay, mm-hmm. who everybody praised their defensive play up until last week. Oh man, there's some great things that they're doing. They're getting better, mm-hmm. and then they go out there and let Kirk Cousins carve them alive. That's the defense's fault. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Well, that's, what, that's what I'm saying. Like, so our excitement about Kansas City's defense to me is the mm-hmm. same thing as with that. We get we're getting excited about the way the defense is starting to play, and then the defense gets carved up like the next week. Like right. that's what we've been seeing every week. Even though, like I said, KC has won four straight. They go up mm-hmm. against Denver in two weeks, and if Teddy Bridgewater goes out there and carves that defensive line, then what do you do? Mm-hmm. Like, what do you say? Like, what what's your what's your statement behind that? So. They take an L. Dallas took their L against Kansas City, which drops yep. them out of one of the top spots in the NFC. Mm-hmm. Um, the Titans. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, I'm going to talk about this in my Frozen Five, but that game I had circled. Mm-hmm. I said Texans because it was a 44-point game total, which is pretty low for a 10-point you know spread. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay. True. And there's a chance of weather. Uh I don't know what the hell happened to the t- to the Titans. Ryan they, Tannehill un- being unable to elevate them is what happened. Well, yeah, that too. Ryan Tannehill decided to be Ryan Tannehill. Mm-hmm. But 
just about everybody that played this week that's supposed to be number one mm-hmm. started dropping. Mm-hmm. And so now we got Baltimore, who's in theory tied with Tennessee. They're one game more because they've had their bye week. The Patriots have flown up. They're seven and four. They won five straight games. The Patriots, mm-hmm. Jimmy. Oh, I think you had them going into the playoffs this year. Yeah. Yeah. So my question is does it, the Rams can't win games for some reason. Like so the Packers just took this L they weren't supposed to. Tampa Bay keeps getting beat up. <laughs> does anybody want the number one seed? Who's the who's the actual best team in football right now? I can't say it outright. I can give you one in each conference. Okay. Uh, I'll start with the NFC, and I don't I really don't want to give it up to this team, but I can't. They have more ammunition than me, and that's the Cardinals. They're the only ones sitting there at 9-2, and two, and they keep finding ways to win games that they are not supposed to win. You are not supposed to, to lose K-1, Nuke, and Edmonds and still find a way to win And J.J. Watts. And J.J. Watts still find a way to win the game. <laughs> because what they still have left available with Zach Ertz, who's been huge for them at the tight end position, with James Conner, who's been near the top of the league as far as rushing touchdowns, and with their center. People don't think about this. Their center that they got in the offseason, Rodney Hudson. I yeah. mean, a lot of times people don't think of the center as one of the quarterbacks on the field as far as being able to look at coverages, uh, line shifts, knowing where the mic is, knowing where the blitz is coming from. That's been huge for them. He's a very good center. That's been the saving grace for the Chiefs, Creed Humphreys is the highest graded center yep. in NFL right now. Mm-hmm. And I mean, as a young guy, he's out uh, there. That's that's very impressive. He's he's eating. So, so yeah. So I gotta go cards and uh, it sounds I hate saying this because they have a rookie quarterback, but the Patriots, I don't think anybody wants any part of the Patriots right now. That same mold that I just told you about that Kansas City has transformed themselves into defense first, run the ball, throw when we need to or throw when we have to, they're winning. You the Pats. They are plus 123 score differential this oh my year. God. Uh, the Cards, plus 108. I think those are the two highest in the NFL. They are. Because when they win, because when they have you down, their foot is on your neck, and they do not let it up. So right now, as far as – I guess really I'm talking about maybe the two most dangerous teams right now that if I were on another team, I really wouldn't want to face. Therefore, I guess I see them as being the best in each conference. Bill Belichick and the Patriots, Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals. Which is – Makes no sense. Zero sense. <laughs> so, Pro Football Focus had their premium stats. Uh, one thing I like to look at when mm-hmm. I try to evaluate who's good and not. Guess who is the best graded team overall in football right now? Uh, give me three guesses. Um, best graded team overall. Yep. It's probably someone I wouldn't th- you wouldn't think of. The Indianapolis Colts? Nope. All right. Um, hmm. So, if not the Colts, let's say... Uh, I mean, prior to this weekend, would it have been Buffalo? Nope. Um, <laughs> I know, right? All right, give me which conference for my last case? AFC. The Ravens. No. Who is it? The Patriots. They are the best team in football overall based upon the grades that they give them. And that Pro Football Focus, they do some detailed grading. They watch every play, and they grade positions. They grade everything. So check them out. Their premium stats is awesome. If you want to buy it, it's something worth having for um, your toolbox. But they're the number one, uh, number one overall team. Offense-wise, number one is Dallas, followed by the Patriots and then the Buccaneers. Passing, Buccaneers, Vikings, Patriots. These are great. So it's crazy how good the Patriots no, truly it's are. Not, it's not with okay. with with the quarterback right. Mac Jones just running the offense mm-hmm. like just a stand. I mean, 
But it's coaching. It's coaching. The New England Patriots focus on the minute details within the minute details. They have the number one rushing offense in the NFL, too, exactly. as far as grade-wise. Now, DVOA-wise, they're top five. So, yes, you're right. Uh-huh. The, Bel- we praised Belichick for all of the offseason acquisitions he got, mm-hmm. on, especially on the defensive side. Mm-hmm. And I made mention on that episode, you can find that video on our channel, here at Unfair Sports, um, that... Belichick's never had money to spend like this. And so he's focused on the thing that he likes to focus on, which is what? Defense. Mm-hmm. He went and got him a whole bunch of defensive players. Mm-hmm. Now, the offensive guys he signed, yeah, it's kind of questionable, but Damian Harris is showing out. Ramondre Stevenson, whenever he's not in the doghouse, <laughs> is out of the doghouse mm-hmm. dominating. Mm-hmm. So you've got a combination of everything you want from a, 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 a team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got all of it now. So Belichick, I mean – and not a lot of people are talking about it just the mm-hmm. way they like it. Now, in the that, NFC, which is a good thing, yeah. Now, having said that, the cards are the top seed in the NFC. If we got to the playoffs and they were facing the Buccaneers, I still would take the Buccaneers without thinking. Oh yeah, in a heartbeat, in a heartbeat. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not betting against Tom Brady. No, no, especially in the playoffs. So this, case, and you know who else I'm not betting against? Who? Aaron Rodgers in the no, playoffs. No, no, no. Not no. NFC Championship, uh-huh. different story. But, but going that deep, the beginning. Oh yeah, but same this, thing. This could literally end up in a Super Bowl between the Bucks. And the Patriots. Oh my God! Which would probably be the the greatest pre Super Bowl storyline we have ever seen. Brady versus Belichick. Uh huh. And then at that point, Mac Jones will be immortalized as one of the greatest <laughs> quarterbacks in NFL history, just by getting to the Super Bowl his yep. rookie year mm-hmm. without realizing that we probably should not put him that far on a pedestal yet. Like he's doing what he's supposed to do. He's doing his job. Right. He's not being amazing. He's not outstanding. Same and he's as, not horrible. Same as Brady when he was his age. Exactly. He's mm-hmm. just out there just following the game plan, mm-hmm. looking at the progressions, getting rid of the ball like he's supposed to, and not trying to do too much. Which I think that's the thing I appreciate about what Mac Jones is doing with the Patriots. He's not trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. And that's something that, honestly, he fell into the perfect scenario for that. Like he He's lucked out compared to what Trevor Lawrence – Trey Lance, Justin mm-hmm. Fields, and all of them. He has a whole team, a whole coaching staff that knows how to teach you to not do too much. Mm-hmm. I don't need you to think too hard. Actually, correction. I want you to do all the thinking, but not too many actions. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so, other actions that we cannot beat here on Unfair Sports every Monday is the news. And now, Jimmy has the news. Ah, thank you, Wendy. Uh, so, Jay, have you ever been to the Staples Center before? I have not, but I really want to go. Well, you better hurry up because in about a month, it will not be known by that name anymore. <laughs> it was announced uh, late last week that the Staples Center is getting a new name starting Christmas Day. It will be known as the Crypto.com. <laughs> not, not the. <laughs> I didn't even think about that, but yeah. <laughs> um, so the downtown LA home of the Lakers and the Clippers and the, King, the NHL Kings and the WNBA Sparks will change its name after 22 years of operation. It was announced by arena owner AEG. So I'm going to tell you this. If you're not into crypto, you better get on it now. Because mm. if they're getting these type of sponsorships exactly. at the most popular stadium uh, arena in in the U.S. Like outside of MSG probably. Yes. It's like the MSG of the West. Of uh, the West. Say. Exactly. So, and the funny thing is everybody was saying, yeah, y'all can name it whatever you want to. We're going to call it Staples Center. <laughs> <laughs> My name Clay. I'm going to call it Clay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, we're going to yeah. call it Staples. Uh-huh. But at the same time, I think it's I like that. 
I hate that they're changing it, but I understand why. Mm-hmm. No, the very second I saw this, it was it was that morning. Um, I immediately downloaded the Crypto.com app because, like you just said, if they got money to do this, and you know they weren't the only bidder, probably the highest bidder, obviously, that there is something to this crypto business. So I'm gonna figure out what it is, try to capitalize on it a little bit at a time. So I am all in on crypto. I totally agree with you. Yeah. All right, so staying in the state of California, um, so how the Lakers are going to change the name of their arena to another one. I guess that's why I just said that, the Lakers. It's known as the Lakers Arena, even though there are other teams that play there. Um, the Sacramento Kings have um, dropped their coach, uh, Luke Walton, and uh, he is no longer the coach of the Sacramento Kings. They promoted associate head coach, former head coach of several of the teams, Alvin Gentry, to the interim head coaching tag. Um, they restructured his contract. He's got certain incentives he can meet that would potentially affect his ability to remove the interim tag and be the coach of the Kings. But I wonder at this point, when was the last time the Kings was actually a good job? That's what I remember. <laughs> Rick Adelman? Yeah, mm-hmm. probably. Chris even Weber even when Reggie Theus was there, it was, it was a bad job. So, yeah, it's... <laughs> Bad. Like who, like who wants to coach? Like that's like a starter job, isn't it? That's like Central <laughs> Michigan. <laughs> it's a starter home. It's yeah. <laughs> you start there and then you move up. Yeah. No, um, Sacramento's a dumpster fire, man. They've had, I think they've had a top ten draft pick almost every year since like '06. Mm-hmm. The only good pick they got out of that was Demarcus Cousins, and he didn't play there anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, they've got to figure that that front office out. To be honest, just go ahead and relocate to Seattle. Call it a day. No one cares. That is true. Like Sacramento, like. Sacramento. I've got nothing against Sacramento, the capital of California, but that just—it just seems like it doesn't work. I've you never, know? I don't ever heard of anybody seeing him going to a Kings game. And they got <laughs> for that reason, I would do it. And they have, they have talent. They have, uh, De- you know, De'Aaron Fox. You have Buddy Hill, who hopefully gets back into the starting lineup now. Yeah, Marvin Bagley. The, yeah, yeah, Mar- yes, yeah, so they got talent. All right. So lastly, uh, sticking with firings, kind of a grim news segment. Uh, Dan Mullen was fired as coach, coach of the Florida. Gators, uh, a year removed from leading Florida to the SEC championship game and playing the eventual eventual national champion Alabama as close as anyone. So, um, so Dan Mullen, he's gone. Hey, I feel like the joke behind him is is that he was trying to get fired so he can get that buyout, and he just sit at the house and not work. Uh-huh. I mean, if you, I, I, I forgot the number. I, I, I should have grabbed it. I didn't know this was going to be in the news. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that team that that teams combined were paying like a hundred million dollars in buyouts mm. to to not to coaches to not coach their teams so he's going to take like a twenty thousand dollar a year job as an analyst for nick saban and the uh, alabama christmas tie if lincoln riley's smart he'll call him and tell him to come be an analyst in norman pay him fifty thousand a little bit more than what nick will probably pay him uh-huh. have him around for a while and then most can go somewhere else or dan mullins can bring those recruits that he had at florida just bring him over to oklahoma okay. just be smart here guys Do you think there's any chance he would get consideration for the usc job oh no <laughs> <laughs> Not after what he did at Florida. He had that was perfect. He was an NCC championship last year and this year they just fell apart. So now nah, I don't think anybody's gonna really consider him like that. <laughs> Alright. Is that it's, it? Is it's news? And that was Jimmy with the news. Thank you, Bob. Yeah, that was pretty bad. No love Dan for Dan Mullen. Thirty four no, no. and fifteen in four seasons. But I guess when you coach in the same conference with uh Nick Saban, that is not good enough. Oh no, not at all. Yep. You gotta at least you can't lose to Missouri. Mm-hmm. That's like that's the job that gets you fired. Missouri and, and Vanderbilt. You lose to one you lose to them, you typically get fired in the SEC. It's like if you lose to Kansas in the in the Big Twelve, you typically get fired. Yes. You lose to like Rutgers or uh or one of the really bad teams in the big team, you mm-hmm. get fired. Mm-hmm. That's your kind of like hierarchy of schools that will get you fired. Um so Sarkeesian, he's only lucky because it's his first year. Right. But right. that's what got Charlie Strong fired. Yeah. <laughs> 
It's tough out in those streets, man. Tough in the streets. Speaking <laughs> of the Big 12. Mm-hmm. Bedlam. Finally. It is Bedlam. Oh, this is the weekend, guys. We have Bedlam football here. So, Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State in Stillwater this year. Mm-hmm. For the rights to say who's the better team, I guess, in Oklahoma. I guess that's kind of how they do it. I don't know. But Oklahoma, uh, like I said, Oklahoma plays Oklahoma State. And so it was a good weekend for both teams. Oklahoma was able to survive Iowa State winning that game. What was that, 28 to 21? Mm-hmm. While um, while Oklahoma State beat Texas Tech 23 to 0. It was a pretty <clears throat> quiet game. And so... Overall, we get to see who's going to go to not only the Big 12 championship, but potentially the college football playoff. True. So Oklahoma State's already in, no matter what, they're in the Big 12 championship game. Uh, Right now, OU and Baylor are tied for number two. So OU has to win this game so they can play Oklahoma State again in Texas for the Big 12 championship, (laughs) which I hate that they had that set up. Yeah. Um, So, Jimmy... What are you most excited about going into this Bedlam game? You know, it sounds pretty generic to say it this way, but I'm most excited about whether or not Mike Gundy can actually beat Lincoln Riley. Because in this game so far, Lincoln Riley is 4-0 against him. Since he's been the head coach, he has not lost to Mike Gundy in this game. And I'm curious that with everything set up the way that it is, with Mike Gundy finally having the higher ranking, the better defense, it's in your home stadium, in the momentum – I'm wondering if that is enough to surmount the psychological edge that Oklahoma and Lincoln Riley has always had against him in this game to where he's the coach who is most conservative and the OU coach is more aggressive. And that's usually a big part of the reason why they win those games. So I'm really interested in what this game says about the mindset of Mike Gundy, just how bad he wants to win this game, how bad he actually wants to put his team with one of the best defenses in the country in a position to go to the college football playoff, or is it going to be same old, same old, more scared, conservative coaching, and the better team wins the game? Well, the problem with that is that Oklahoma State's offense really isn't that good. No, they're not. They're not very good, and you can. And it seems like Gundy is avoiding – it's like it's like he doesn't want his offense on the field. <laughs> <laughs> hurry up, hurry up, yeah, hurry yeah, get out, get out. Your defense on there, so the defense can go out there and do their thing, get points, and do. It's like Georgia to me. The, the, the way Oklahoma State is set up is similar to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Stetson Bennett is not a bad quarterback, but he's he's not like, great. Yeah, he's, he's just there. Yeah, he does enough. He functions on a team just like this. He needs a really good defense behind him. Exactly. And same thing with <clears throat> Oklahoma State. Um, I don't know what it is with Sanders this year, but it, it's – I mean, he has 500 more passing yards than Spencer Rattler. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Rattler who hasn't started a game in like a month and a half. <laughs> right. Yeah. He hasn't started in, what, five games? Mm-hmm. That's a, That's not – that's not good. You would expect them to put up more numbers, especially as good as the defense is. They have the third-ranked defense and defense efficiency in college football. They're right behind Georgia, uh, Wisconsin and Georgia. Mm. So defensively, Oklahoma State's ridiculous. This is probably yeah. the best defense I've ever seen out of a school in the Big 12, period. Mm. So shout-out to the defensive coordinator there. I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but 
fantastic job. I'm so glad to see that Oklahoma State has been able to produce that to the point of the committee loves them going into the playoff. They, they kind of want to see them there. They think that they can produce something that Oklahoma couldn't do, which is a W for the Big 12. But I don't know. I I, th- I guess the thing that bounces me out, like I put it like this, I'm going to tell you all straight up. I'm I'm taking Oklahoma State minus four in this game. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna t- go ahead and just throw all my money on the spread on that. I'm probably gonna go balls deep into this game. <laughs> I'm putting my money on Oklahoma State mainly because even though I feel like OU's defense is better than Oklahoma State's offense, mm-hmm. the way OU's offense has been regressing, that OSU defense should cook to them. that point. What happened in that Iowa State game? Like I didn't get to watch it because I was working, but I was looking at the scores. Saw that they won and everything. But when I looked at the box score, eight of eighteen for eighty-seven yards, a touchdown and a pick for Caleb Williams. What was that? He looked like a freshman. Uh. He looked like a true freshman. Like I warned everybody about. I was texting with a couple buddies about yeah, that, and yeah. they were like, "They're like, no, you was right on that. You was right. Yeah. That was the thing I feared." Like, I love having Caleb go in there, but to be honest, I don't know if Spencer would have done better because the offensive line just isn't that good for OU. They're, they're not that good. Now, they was putting enough pressure on him to where he was just wasn't playing good. That's all it was. And once they started to figure out how to get the op, the running game going, mm-hmm. they got better. Yeah. And that's what that's the only way OU has a chance to beat Oklahoma State is they have to establish the run early. I mean, Caleb broke off a 74-yard touchdown run against Iowa State. Yeah, he did. You got to figure out how to keep doing stuff like that. Get him involved to where you get the running game involved heavily. Kennedy Brooks, I don't know what the hell's up with Eric Gray. I thought Eric Gray was going to get us like 100 yards a game coming from Tennessee. Mm -hmm. He was a highly recruited guy. He just hasn't really produced that much. Um, That's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to find a way to run the ball nonstop because looking at OSU play against Texas Tech – (laughs) <laughs> they shut them out, Jimmy. Like nothing's open. Nothing. It just clamps. It just clamps. <laughs> right. it just put. They just put the cuffs on them the entire game, mm-hmm. which is is just so impressive that they were able to just do that. So and, I don't know. I think you know, and you know, with this defense, they have to be. They have to maintain that aggression because that psychological edge or that psychological factor that I was talking about with the coaches it extends to the players as well because the majority of the Oklahoma State roster has lost in this game has been a part of this game and just have not been able to get over the hump and beat this team so like I wonder in what way that might affect their play probably more so on offense because I think in a way I mean there's thinking on both sides but there's probably just a little bit more thinking on offense as opposed to defense I mean you know what your main job is on defense on offense is so many (laughs) factors to consider and, you know, with this OU defense as well, I know obviously they're not as good as Oklahoma State defense, but could there be – there have to be portions in the game where they get stops. Yes. But against this Oklahoma State offense, like you said, they're not that good. I could see that they could generate more stops than people are thinking about because right now all people are talking, talking about thinking about is Caleb Williams versus this defense. Yep. But there's, there are two other whole sides of the ball they're going to factor into this game heavily as well. And something that Oklahoma at OU hasn't been able to do over the last few years is really hold teams points-wise down. Mm. They held Texas Tech to 4-21, Baylor to 27. They lost that game. And then 21 to Iowa State. Usually Oklahoma's giving up 30, 40 points a game. That's Mm. that's just how it is. Offense just goes out there, scores too fast. Defense can't figure out how to – they don't know what to do with their hands. Uh, (laughs) But – like Oklahoma State in this game against Tech, Oklahoma State, the time of possession was 36 to 23, Oklahoma State. Mm. Oklahoma State had 427 yards of total offense. Texas Tech had 108. Oh. 
That's obscene. They should have called it at halftime. That just something. I mean, halftime it was only thirteen to three. So you thirteen to nothing. So you thought it would have been a game. Call it. No, they they cuffed them. So now the interesting question is: is what can OU's offense do to win this game? And then what does Oklahoma State have to do offensively to win this game? Like I said, Sanders. I thought that he was going to be better this year. I expected a lot more out of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's pretty good. He's a game manager. I don't think he was ever going to be like the. I mean, if, assuming that Oklahoma, I mean, Oklahoma State has had some really good quarterbacks. Maybe they didn't have NFL success, but if that's if that's what the expectation was of Spencer Sanders, and that should have been that notion should have been dispelled long ago. But I think he is a good game manager. He's got good running ability. He made he made a few throws in this game. I watched the majority yeah, of this game me too. tonight. So he's a, a a decent quarterback. It's I mean, it's just a matter of. Can OU fight fire with fire? Can the way that the Oklahoma State defense is going to attack them, can their defense attack Spencer Sanders? Because yeah. when you think about it, who on the Oklahoma State offense should they be afraid of? Maybe, is it Warren the running back? Yeah. Maybe, maybe him, but outside of that, you should be motivated to be aggressive. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, you're right. Uh, Dominic uh, Richardson is usually their, their main guy, Richardson, but Jalen okay. Warren is also – he had like 12 carries in that game. So, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. It's just <laughs> – how much faith do you really have in OU going against this defense? Like, a couple weeks ago we talked about OU versus Georgia defense, you know, mm-hmm. the OU offense versus Georgia defense, which mm-hmm. I thought would have been great because OU's offense was just clicking and clicking. Mm-hmm. But like I said, they have regressed so badly over the last couple of weeks that I'm just like, now at this point, I mean, I've definitely ate crow and put my foot in my mouth. I don't know what the hell I was thinking that OU's – when OU's offense is clicking, they are a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, Can they get back to clicking when they go into this game? They have to, but that's really going to depend on Lincoln Riley. Like this, this has to be one of the best coaching jobs outside of the playoff games he's been in. This has to be the best regular season coaching job that he's ever done. He's truly got to elevate his play calling, his adjustments, his uh, his aggression, knowing when to be aggressive and when not to be, and being willing to rely more on the run because it seems like offensively the strength of that team is the run. Yes, so you got to get comfortable with running on third and three as opposed to passing because it because it's not just about picking it up it's sending a message to that defense on the other side that you can match their intensity that they want to hit you or we want to hit you too on offense hit you dead smacking your mouth but let's see if let's see if oh you can pull it off Uh, i i i like i said my money will be placed on oklahoma state minus four and i'm going well if it makes you feel more confident my money is on ou plus four so that should make you feel pretty good I, you know, if last weekend is any indication of what my betting prowess has been like this year, then that should make you feel pretty good. That's a good point. Hopefully, your Frozen Five is much better, which I'm going to we'll talk see. about that, we'll get to that in a second. Okay, so. Perfect. Perfect. Let's dive right in, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> right. Frozen Five. Let me recap of what I did on Frozen Five. Thanks for checking us out here on YouTube as well as on the pods wherever podcasts download and listen to please share and like subscribe rate review all that beautiful jazz so jimmy frozen five i'm gonna give you my update on that how horrendously bad i did we went one and four yeah it's rough one, yeah. for those that are following us for the west k super contest my bad <laughs> uh, i'm gonna go through each game real quick i'm start with the dub i may as well and then go to the l yeah. uh eagles minus two god jalen hurts is Eating. That team is getting scary. They're getting scary. And the big thing about them, what makes them so scary is that they realize what their identity actually is. 
They are a running offense. Mm-hmm. That's it. Put the ball on the ground. Just run. Mm-hmm. As long as Hurts don't turn the ball over, <laughs> they're fine. But when they realize that they need to just run the ball a lot, they almost beat the Chargers. 27-24. So they won the game 40-29 to over the Saints, which the Saints have a really good defense. Yeah, they do. But their run offense is just so much better. And Jalen Hurts had three rushing touchdowns, which I think he was the top quarterback in uh, Daily Fantasy, too which I had him on a lot of rosters. Um, I just, at the end, I was like, no, 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 more hurts, more hurts, more hurts. Something about <laughs> him says to do it. And he ate. So that's how I got that one. Now the L's. I'm just going to go quick. Packers minus two. I don't know what the hell Aaron Rodgers and them's defense was doing, thinking. Because the, the Packers was sucking all, all game long. They started the game off just bad. And then Aaron Rodgers started them down to come back and everything. But they should have never been down. What was that, 16-3 to three at one point? Yeah. They should have never been down like that. That that I blame Aaron, Aaron Rodgers on that. He was just playing bad. Um, the Jets, I just thought that that was going to be closer. It just ended up not being close at the end. I was stupid for that. The Ravens minus five. I didn't know Lamar Jackson wasn't going to play. Yeah, that was Sunday morning. Yeah, That was no. Sunday morning. Because I, I was thinking Bears. I was like, nah, Lamar's going to play. Mm-hmm. He'll eat them alive. Him, well, so him and Hollywood. Yeah, the, the they lost two players right yeah. before. Just yeah. <sighs> stupid. <laughs> Worth it. And then, of course, I hedged my bet against you by taking the Cowboys off two and a half. Did. Yeah. I thought that the Cowboys was going to make this game close. I expected it to be a bad game. I 100%. I saw the total of 56. I was like, neither one of these teams is that good right now. And it showed. Neither one of them was that good right now. Mm-hmm. Both defenses are solid, but their offenses are both shaky right now. And then, of course, Amari Cooper ends up being out. Mm-hmm. And then CD Lamb ended up getting hurt early. And it's just bad. But Michael Parsons is looking like defensive <gasps> rookie of the year. Oh, my God. He just, just snatched it from Trayvon. Snatched it. He's slapped the <laughs> smack <laughs> out of at a, at his face. And in. then he smacked the hell out of Mahomes and got that fumble. Just, oh. God, Parsons, that dude is good. Rookie of the year. So that's my picks. That's that's how bad I did. Well, we will have to bounce back. Mm-hmm. Rough week. We'll see what we can do. We will. So Jimmy, uh, you know what that was next? Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, not that I'm gleeful about what happened because there was carnage. We'll say <laughs> that was. <laughs> Let uh, there be carnage. Last night in the uh, Lakers versus Pistons game, a game that was not nationally televised. I was hoping it would be. Uh, just cause, but uh, there was uh, an I'm surprised incident. Surprised it wasn't K versus at LeBron. At least on NBA TV, yeah. you would have thought K versus LeBron. They I mean, don't against, no one wants to go against the NFL, even when you have LeBron. Oh, that's a good point. Right. So, um, so in the uh, I believe it was the third quarter of this game, there was um, Jeremy Grant for the Detroit Pistons was at the free throw line. Um, shot the free throw. Should we call it a kerfuffle? We'll, we'll call it a kerfuffle. We'll call it a. Uh, <laughs> Why did you say that? <laughs> anyway, um, and in a box out attempt between LeBron James and second year player for Detroit, Isaiah Stewart, someone I, I like him as a player, um, LeBron advertently or inadvertently hit Isaiah Stewart under the right eye, causing Isaiah Stewart at first to uh, get in his face. Obviously, when that sort of thing happens, you don't like that. You get no, upset. No, 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 no. But once he started to taste his own blood, trickling down from that trickling then somewhat gushing from that wound he went berserk several times attempting to get at lebron james or russell whoever it was in the incident he completely lost it was just running through people like the juggernaut to try to get to him and just 
eventually was able to get at least calm enough to run towards the his locker room, which I think he was trying to come out the other end in yes. order to get LeBron James as they both had been ejected. But it was uh, it was something that we have not seen in a very long time. It's been a while since we saw that much blood from that type of, of incident on an NBA court. So the fair or unfair, Jay, was should both be suspended. And then I've got some news after that. Uh, yeah, probably both should get suspended. Um, mainly because Isaiah Stewart just went berserk after they separated him. Like, okay, so if you look at the footage, LeBron did the little, the, he tried to jerk his arm. And he and he swung his hand out and basically, like I said, punched him in the eye, mm-hmm. uh, and and gave him a nice little, little little cut, and eight stitches. As soon afterwards, he immediately walked over him, over to him, was like, "Oh shoot, you good? You yep. good, bro? Yep. You good?" And so it made it look like it wasn't as it wasn't inverted. He wasn't trying to do it, mm. uh, but at the same time that was a lot of force behind that punch like you can see a lot of frustration behind that jack that they were losing at that time and plus it hasn't been the kind of season that the lakers want exactly so i mean it, it, yeah they're old so what do you expect <laughs> but yeah no no it was it looked like he was it looked like he was frustrated it was a frustration type play and no excuse for him on that that that's definitely why he should be suspended he ain't going to get suspended much i mean it's the nba i mean it's LeBron mm-hmm. james mm-hmm. you're not going to suspend him too much but isaiah simmons flipping out the way he did dog the detroit lions need to call him the way he was tossing people off of him right now. put him in the backfield and just let him just run through <laughs> folks cuz i see isaiah simmons is what 6 He's, 8 6 8 250 at least at least so he, lebron him and lebron are roughly about the same size mm-hmm. if you really think about it so yeah, I think I think that they both should see a suspension. Now, I'm kind of curious, to, as far as a fight, though, who's going to win? Well, we know who had the most rage. I mean, I look at it as, all right, Isaiah Stewart's got the most rage, so he's got the most energy in the fight. But LeBron, you know, he's he's older, he's wiser. I mean, mm-hmm. that can still make a person pretty, you know, pretty dangerous. So in that fight, honestly, I mean, he had blood in his eye and in his mouth, didn't even care. I would take Isaiah Stewart in that fight. Yeah, I probably would, too, because I feel like Isaiah Simmons – I mean, Isaiah Stewart, Stewart – uh, I feel like Isaiah Stewart doesn't care about losing, and that's that's like one of the scariest people to. He's a pissed fight, so of course he doesn't. Yeah, he don't care about. <laughs> that's wrong. I love Detroit. I really like this team. Forgive me. He's lying, <laughs> but, like but yeah, he he has no fear of losing. So I think that that makes him more terrifying in a fight between those two. Because mm-hmm. he's like, I mean, I've already like in a way, I've already kind of lost. I'm already bleeding. You've already made me bloody. So. I mean, I've got nothing to lose at this point. Well, supposedly he boxes on the side. Hmm? He boxes on the side, supposedely. Like, he, he oh, boxes. He? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. But, I mean, if he's getting cut that easily, that's kind of a problem, Because, right? like, when I saw it happen, I was like, it didn't even look like LeBron hit him that hard. But LeBron himself is 6'8". Well, at the same 260. time, you got to think about the force that comes from somebody that's 6'8", 6'9", 250, 60 pounds. Here's my problem with this. My problem is when you watch the – when they zoom in on LeBron – and you slow it down, it does look like he looked first before he had full extension of his arm, which somewhat looks like there was some intent, intent with behind it. it. Yeah. Because of how it turned out, I don't it's hard to for me to believe that on purpose he would have done that, hit him in the face. But I think LeBron meant to do something and it just it's almost like in the NFL, any in any football where you try not, the defenders trying not to target with the crown of their helmet, but the ball carrier just lowers himself into their path, and they end up doing it anyway. So I feel like that's something similar to what may have happened here. Yeah, I can see that. And but and that's the way that it turned out. So I would have said, you know, and, and I'm 
I'm kind of tough on Adam Silver when it comes to punishment. I said if this was this being Adam Silver's NBA, I originally said no games for LeBron and two games for Stewart because that's just how Adam Silver is. Whereas David Stern, I think it would have been three games at least for LeBron, five games for Stewart. Yeah, he would have been much higher. Now, when you think about it, this comes on the heels of what happened with Nikola Jokic and Marcus Morris. Yeah, Marcus Morris. Who's yeah, still out because of the neck injury that he, he sustained as a result of the push by Nikola Jokic. So it's, it's interesting when you see that happen, and then the following week in Detroit, ironically of all places, something like this happened and almost led to something worse. <laughs> the remalice at the, the non-palace. The remalice, yeah. The remalice at the non-palace that Adam Silver has to make some sort of a statement and get this under control or else the next one is going to be worse and then the one after that's going to be worse if no one fears any type of response any substantial response from the league so as it turns out jay right as we were recording this show there have been suspensions in this melee lebron james has been suspended one game for recklessly hitting detroit Pistons center isaiah stewart in the face and isaiah stewart has been suspended for two games for escalating an on-court altercation by repeatedly and aggressively pursuing James. James, unfortunately, is going to serve his suspension tomorrow night where they would have played, where he would have played against the New York Knicks in the MSG, which oh, is one reason why I thought that Silver might not suspend him, but he is. That makes sense. I, I, I could, I, that makes sense for them to not suspend him because you don't want LeBron to not be at Madison Square yeah. Garden. But he ain't going to be because he's been suspended for that one game. So he will not be a part of this game. Yeah, that that's just dumb. And Isaiah Stewart, and he will miss the Pistons next two games against uh, – that doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> that's so mean. That's so it mean. It really doesn't. It really doesn't. But, no, it's the Heat and then uh, – who they got after the Heat? Let me look real quick. Milwaukee. Them, them books. Well, I mean, they were going to get thrashed in both of those games, too, so it really doesn't matter. So, most likely. Most likely. <clears throat> that's a good point. Um, you think that's fair? I, wanted, I think there needed to be more. I mean, it does raise the eyebrows, I think, of some of the players that, okay, if I get involved in one of these types of incidents, I mean, minor skirmishes, that doesn't matter. But something like this, okay, it could be more for me, especially if I'm not LeBron James. Because you know what people are going to say? It's only because he's LeBron James that it wasn't two games or three games. And obviously, Stewart, because of how berserk he went, had to be at least two games. So I think it's a start for Adam Silver. I would have wanted a little bit more to really drive the point home that for the rest of the season, I don't want to see this kind of crap. I don't want to see Nikola Jokic and, and Marcus Morris again. So, How many games was Jokic suspended? Uh, one game. <clears throat> there you go. There's your precedent. One game. One game. For, for He intentionally went after him on that. Yep. That wasn't a, oh, I, you know, I, I, I kind of, I had frustration. No, he ran at him. He essentially gave him whiplash. <clears throat> he did. Now, Morris wasn't innocent either because he did give him a nice rip shot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He started, he started the altercation. He but, but it's always the second person that gets caught. Always. And unfortunately, in this situation, Morris is now hurt and he's still hurt mm-hmm. from that. Uh, so, no, it makes it, like I said, I, I think that's your precedent behind mm-hmm. Those suspensions. The NBA has already tried to legislate no fighting in there, even though we kind of enjoy it. It's actually a good thing for the league. A little violence here and there, mm-hmm. a little fighting. Because they're not going to really fight. They're not going to truly score. Now, Isaiah Simmons was going to truly, uh, Stewart was going to square up. Oh, yeah. 
He truly was trying to. He was ready. He was ready. And then Russell Westbrook was out there trying to square up as well. Wait, what, you see what, that what picture? What was Russ doing? Yeah. What was he doing? He was the Notre Dame uh, fighting Irish's uh, <laughs> uh, leprechaun. He was out there. Put him up. Put him up. you shame. He's out there. Jack Johnson. And he's out there. Rocky Marciano, 1930s boxing. Yeah. I'm like, Russ, oh, I, know, I know you have to be there for your teammate and, you know, be a part of this, your team. But the thing about it is Russ is always bad. If anything, there's one person you know that there's going to be something go down. Russ is going to be in the middle of it. Yeah. He's also going to be in the middle of the lane getting a rebound. He's also going to be in the middle of the lane trying to go for a steal. Uh-huh. He's also going to be in the middle of the lane after he misses a shot to go get his own rebound. Russ is always going to be in the middle of something. True. And there's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, dog, he's really over there just like <laughs> – like he's really going to get him, boy. Right. Old school. Now, see, now, if we were going to go in that direction, then some of the other Pistons should have got gotten involved because I would have mm-hmm. liked to have seen maybe Kay Cunningham square up with Russell Westbrook. Ooh. That would have been interesting. Or, let's see, Anthony Davis and Kelly Olenek is hurt. Yeah. I'm trying to think who would be a good comp for Because DeAndre Davis. Jordan was standing there ready to fight somebody. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out who, because who, Dwight Howard ain't fighting nobody. He's going to walk away. <laughs> nah. uh, who else is going to square up for the Lakers and Pistons? Who, uh, you think Anthony Davis is going to square up? Uh, he'll square up, but as far as actually throwing, he really doesn't want to do that. But yeah, he'll square up. You'll, you'll, you, so you think he'll just throw he'll, his hands well, up? He's more of a, I think Anthony Davis, he's more of a wrap up type. Guy. Oh, he'll wrap you up and then like, like let's, let's wrap like, up and let's kind of fall, fall on the ground. I trying to get hurt. Let's fall down. You not get hurt. I don't get hurt. We and go like that. Break this up. Yeah. So you think him and like Jeremy Grant would do that? They were like wrap up. That'd be, that'd be interesting because I mean, with Jeremy Grant, because he's what giving up three or four inches. You want to get kind of get underneath him, get into yeah, the you body, rib cage, get body shots nonstop. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe a headbutt. Uh huh. And get Who Anthony to fall. What about Mello? Hey, man. Do you think he wanted any part of this? <laughs> yeah, Mello old school. I think he tried to fight. He probably go right after like Hamadou Diallo or something <laughs> like that. Somebody he know he's gonna be able to take out. Hey, I'm taking uh-huh. him. He's mine. Uh-huh. He really starts squaring up with him. Um, I got a better. Uh, how about Frank Vogel versus Dwayne Casey? Ooh. Huh. Hey, man, I think Dwayne Casey got hands. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Detroit, Michigan, youngin'? Youngin'? youngin? I, I, think, I, think, I think he got hands. I, I like Frank. I don't know if Frank want that smoke. Nah, nah. I'm, yeah, we just going to leave. We just going to leave it on that. <laughs> that, that had so that. many more possibilities, <clears throat> even more interesting than Isaiah Stewart versus LeBron James. You're right. You're right. It does. Uh, Monk and... Uh, Monk, said, he seems a little bit grimy. Yeah, like Monk got a little grimy. There's uh, Sneak Bay. I think he... Yeah, that'd be a good fight. Monk he, versus Bay would be an underrated. That'd be ooh, on the undercard. That's, that's, that's an undercard. Yeah, that's a that's, that's a good undercard fight. Yeah, that's a good <clears throat> undercard fight. Who Avery Bradley gonna fight? Oh man. Um, let's see. He would fight. You gonna have to Joseph. Little Joseph. Uh, and I should know this. I know little this, Corey Joseph. I know this roster pretty well. <laughs> you go have to little Corey Joseph. <laughs> little Corey Joseph. Maybe. I mean, look, I mean Corey Joseph six three, but you yeah. know Avery Bradley O head. Yeah. yeah. Him with that old man strength. <laughs> right. Or Magruder. Who <laughs> Magruder going to run off the bench? That sounds like Rodney Magruder get him. That's, that's a goon. Yeah, Rodney Magruder's a goon. He's going to go out there. He's going to fight somebody. Yeah, Who's yeah. that Draymond Green I'm trying to clown him? Mm-hmm. I mean, watch out, Draymond, man. He, as we learn, these Pistons be fighting. Oh, yeah. Malice, Malice Detroit, 3.0, baby. baby. Yeah. Little Caesars, baby. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and you know what's funny about this? This actually may have turned around the Lakers season because they were dog crap in this game before that. And then after that. You know, they found a way because they were going to lose this game. Oh, yeah. Against Detroit. I was really hoping they would lose it, too. After having lost to the Celtics Friday night. I just love watching the Lakers lose. Because I, <laughs> I, th- I think it's going to work out great for them at the end of the season. I just like watching them lose in the beginning. I like when everyone doubts them. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite thing. Mm. They doubted them in 2020. Yeah. They win, win the chip. That's true. I love it. True. 
Jimmy, man, college football playoffs. We are at the point where it's time for the major shakeups. Uh huh. Right? We saw some L's. And I think that now we need to uh, go ahead and change up who we're thinking about to who we were thinking about. Okay. So Ohio State went out there. They went and grabbed Michigan State and beat Michigan State with Michigan State. I mean, I don't think I've. I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what to say, Jimmy. I don't know what to say about this game. They beat them. What was that final score? Like fifty-six to seven. Oh, fifty-six to seven. And then of course Georgia Bulldogs go out there and they play the uh, the school of the blind. Um, Charleston. <laughs> sorry, guys. Now that's me. That's me. than what I said about the Pistons. That's true. They beat Charleston Southern like. 56 to 7. So both teams decided to have the exact same score. And now we're asking the question who would win a matchup as this cosball shakeup goes? Georgia or Ohio State? Who do you got? Georgia's defense or Ohio State's offense? Oh, right now with the way they're clicking, I'm going to take Ohio State's offense. You know, Ooh, I, I haven't watched Ooh, Ohio Georgia State. Georgia fans, do me, man. Yeah, I haven't watched Ohio State much. I mean, I, I love the Georgia defense, but. I think that there's something that they have that people haven't considered. They have three legitimate wide receivers. Two of them we expect, Olave and Wilson, we expect to get drafted somewhere in the first round. But they're second and third in passing yards to another receiver on the roster who I've never heard of. Smith something. That's literally his last name. Right. So what does that tell me? That tells me that they have multiple options in the passing <laughs> game and that it's not they're not just one receiver centric, that they spread the ball around fairly evenly because at the end of the season, they're going to have three receivers over a thousand yards. So you combine that with the fact that they can run the ball. Master Teague, I believe his name is he's been he's been efficient. He's not, you know, otherworldly this season, but he's been efficient. And I don't know if you know this either, but right now, CJ Stroud has taken over as the betting favorite off of the six touchdowns in this game. The seventh ranked team who just paid their coach, he's he's the favorite now to win the Heisman. Now he's a true freshman, right? I don't think he's a true oh, red shirt, fresh shirt. He's a red shirt. Okay, red shirt, yeah. So right now, with just the way that this Ohio State offense is clicking, there's something special about them. They are peaking at the right time, and they better be because you could be on a collision course to face a defense as great as Georgia. So for right now, I would give the slight microscopic edge to Ohio State's offense. Oh, man, I'm still going to stick to Georgia's defense. Their efficiency, they're ridiculous. They've only given up more than 10 points to one team, and that was my volunteers, yep. uh, mainly because uh, they have a, a very explosive offense. But that may be a problem for them with this Ohio State team. They're, the Ohio State's offense is up, up. Like you said, they have three wide receivers that are obscene, mm-hmm. and then they've got a run game that can go right behind it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So Trayvon Henderson out here dipping on folk. They got Master Teague the third. <laughs> <laughs> Master T, Master T, out there just dipping on them. So they've got so many options to do it. And the funny thing is, like you said, you know, Michigan State out here paying Mel Tucker because they're so desperate to have a good coach <laughs> and want them to stick around. Because um, uh, what was that? Uh, D'Antonio, he's been there for like I feel like what twenty years almost. Yeah. It ain't been that long, but he had been there for a good you know ten plus years. Mm-hmm. So. Losing him as your coach and then trying to figure out the what's next 
It's tough, and I get that. So you get Mel Tucker in there. He rebounds the team the next year, mm-hmm. gets Kenneth Walker the third, and a few other transfers to come in, which did you know that Kenneth Walker the third played at Wake Forest last year? I did not know that. Oh, he played at Wake Forest, and Wake Forest at one point was undefeated this year. What if he would have stayed? Mm. Another discussion. But he was able to convince him to come there, and they're 9-2, and two, which is a great thing for them. That's something that they need um, for the program, so they try to you know revamp themselves. But Ohio State is just absurd. Like, it's just not fair how great Ohio State is every year in conference. They just beat the dog <laughs> snot out of Big Ten teams mm-hmm. every year. Most of the time, their losses is non-conference. So, I'm still going to pick Georgia's defense because I, th- I just think that an SEC defense is just strong enough to stop these Ohio sense. State's offense, which we've yep. seen in years in years past. Mm-hmm. You know, last year, Ohio State and Justin Fields and them struggled. You know, we've seen it before. Uh, even though we've seen Ohio State also win a national championship with that, I just don't see them out, out doing them. So if with that, now the college football playoff committee needs to figure out how to line up us getting Ohio State versus Georgia in the playoff. So I'm expecting that it's going to be because right now in the AP, it's Georgia one, Ohio State two. Um, Who's right behind him at three? Bam or Cincy. Bama's three. C was four. Mm-hmm. So right now that's what it looks like. And I can assume that it's going to stay either the same or we will see um we will see either Notre Dame, uh if as long as Cincinnati stays undefeated, I see them moving up or staying in there at least. Mm-hmm. And then Notre Dame possibly moving in because I don't see Alabama beating Georgia, and you can't put a two-loss Alabama in the playoff with all these one-loff teams behind No, absolutely them. not. So <clears throat> the path for Oklahoma and Oklahoma State is you got to win these two games in a row. Yes. Period. O- Oklahoma State has to beat OU and then beat potentially Baylor in the Big 12 championship. Mm-hmm. Or Oklahoma has to beat Oklahoma State and then beat Oklahoma State again. Mm-hmm. That way they'll have back-to-back top 10 wins to put themselves into a potential playoff spot and they have to do it in convincing matter. So with that, Jimmy, who do you, th- what do you think the the top four is going to look like? Well, the top six is going to look like when the committee comes out on Tuesday. Um, I think <clears> that they're <throat> going to make it easy on themselves. They're going to call it um, an early night because they're going to use a portion of what the AP rankings were. So I think you're going to have Georgia one. I think you're going to have Ohio state two, Bama three. Cause I just don't see them putting Cincy ahead of Bama. They're going to put Cincy at four. So disrespectful. Uh, yeah, Michigan 5, Notre Dame 6, Oklahoma State 7. Ooh. Because Oregon, speaking of blowouts. Good God. That, that makes sense. To the Utes. To the Utes. Yeah. Oh, God. 38 to 7. Utes are 8 and 3, so they're not a bad yeah, not team. Bad. But, my God, they got Molly Wap. They got Utah beat Baylor. I mean, beat Oregon with Oregon. I'm, I need some. They grabbed them ducks and mm. I'm like crystal ball. What? What am I watching? It's, what it is was, happening? I tried to continuously watch the game, and I struggled. I'm just like, this is mm-hmm. so bad. It's so so funny. I was having Twitter conversations with folks about them, and it's just, I was just looking like a fool the whole time. <laughs> like, I mean, Oregon, you, I had you beating Ohio State and then making it to the playoffs because I needed you to win out of the Pac-12, and mm-hmm. you couldn't do that. You lost to Stanford and then mm-hmm. the Utes. If you at least won the Stanford game and then lost to the Utes, we'd probably forgive you, but mm-hmm. we can't now. You know, see, how this all shakes up, like we were talking about earlier with Oklahoma or Oklahoma State making it into this game, it really hinges on Cincy because as I'm looking at this preliminarily, 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 preliminarily 
you have all right. So you have let's say you have Bama at three. You have them losing to Georgia, so that's going to move them out two losses. You have Ohio State and Michigan, which should be a really good game this weekend. Let's say Ohio State finds a way to beat Michigan, you move them out. All that's really left in your path is Cincy and Notre Dame. I haven't seen Notre Dame's schedule, so I don't know if they if there's another loss possibly on their schedule. Let me look for you real quick. Uh, but let's say they win. You need they're to traveling to Stanford. Man. Which could be a loss because Stanford did upstate Oregon. But you need Cincy to move. You need Cincy out of there. And then if that happens, that clears the way for the winner of the Big 12 to get into that playoff spot. And Cincy has two games as well. They've got the the end-of-season game where they're playing against um, East Carolina, and then they have the conference championship game, which I think that's what's going to hurt Notre Dame in all of this is that mm-hmm. they've only got one game left mm-hmm. as an independent. Mm-hmm. And they have no real signature wins this year to make you feel like, oh, Notre Dame is just a good team. Right. But I think the committee, they're comfortable with that brand being in the playoff, especially with Brian Kelly, one of the more more prominent well, I guess coaches Wisconsin in college football. Is. Yeah, so they're, they're fine with Notre Dame being in it I don't think they want Cincy in it Bama can't stay in it unless they find a way to beat Georgia and Michigan even though they've had they've gotten close this this looks good this season looks good for Jim Harbaugh they've they've got to get out of the way as well you can't put you can't put Notre Dame in over Cincy though you have to no, put at this point, no, Cincy you can't. beat Notre Dame in Notre Dame yeah, you, you can't true, be that true. disrespectful go ahead and put Cincy in there since he has a whole bunch of older players, they have a bunch of vets. They've got juniors and seniors and stuff. Desmond uh, Ritter is freaking good. <laughs> he's actually he good. Is, he's good. He's fun to watch. And I think if you put them in there, mm-hmm. you might. I mean, them versus Georgia, ooh, be mm-hmm. a lot more fun than okay, you think. Right, so we know this. So we know that the committee, they definitely want Georgia in this. Oh, they want Ohio State in this. Who are the other two teams that you, their top two preferred teams to fill those last two spots? Alabama or Michigan. Alabama and Michigan. Uh-huh. Which they're not going to be able to get both. No. Because if Ohio State loses, they're out. There's no way you could put Ohio State in there if, so Michigan, if Michigan beats them. So if Michigan beats them, you move Michigan in, Ohio State out. And the only way for Oklahoma Bama, State's also one that they've, I've, I've heard, I've seen rumblings around it that they like, that they mm-hmm. want in there. Well, I guess it gives you the opportunity to have two really good defensive teams and yes. I would presume two really good offensive, offensive teams. teams. Yeah. Exactly. So that's looks like their pick. So I could totally see Georgia, Ohio State. Cincinnati and Oklahoma State in there. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. You mean if that? Oklahoma State beats Oklahoma and then wins the Big 12 championship against either Oklahoma or Baylor, mm-hmm. they're definitely going to jump Notre Dame because they've got uh, way too many signature see, wins. The only thing that's funky about that is that would probably give us a first-round matchup of Georgia 1, Oklahoma State 4, and then you have your top two defensive teams facing each other, which is not what we want. Oh, no. They're not going to put They're not gonna put um, Cincinnati against them. Um, they're not going to put Cincinnati what, round one against Georgia? Yes, they would. They would? Yes, they want Georgia. They want Cincinnati out. They have no choice but to put them in. <laughs> so they're going to go but ahead see, and let Oklahoma State to, jump them. But since he has no losses, so you couldn't move Oklahoma yes, State you ahead can. of them. They've you already can. done it. They've already done Alabama and they've done Ohio State. That's true. Okay. <laughs> so it's you not sure? like it's, it's impossible. Okay. They, they don't want Cincinnati in there. And I'm sorry, Bearcats. It's not me. I want Cincinnati at the number two seed, personally. <laughs> mm. But the committee don't want y'all in there because the committee's disrespectful and we've seen that year after year after year. <laughs> so since we've seen that, we know what's going to happen. So yeah. I would prefer that they give Cincinnati the respect and let them play the number two. But what they're going to do is if Oklahoma State does end up following a full undefeated uh, and, and win these next two games, mm-hmm. Oklahoma State will be moved up to number three. Mm-hmm. And then they will play – uh, Ohio State, oh, so it would be offense versus defense. That'd be a fantastic. First and then you would have Georgia Cincinnati, which is offense versus defense. Oh, that'd be fantastic. That would be great. That's exactly what I want. 
as as a shadow member of the community <laughs> of the, the committee, committee. Yeah, I want that. I want that too. I want. I actually now I'm betting even more money on Oklahoma State to win <laughs> that game. So, yeah. Jimmy, all right. So the editing room floor. Editing room floor. What did not make it into the show? Well, some bad news for Denver Nuggets fans. Um, according to Mike Singer of the Denver Post, uh, star forward Michael Porter Jr., who just secured the bag in the offseason, reportedly the has a nerve issue in his back that could keep him out for the remainder of the season. He already hasn't played since November the 6th and has missed the team's last eight games. A team that is also without uh, star point guard Jamal Murray towards ACL last year. May get him back towards the end of the season. Maybe not. But uh, this is what Jokic and the Nuggets are looking at as things currently stand. He broke his back. His back is broke. <laughs> Spinal. No. Um, yeah, this sucks. He just got the bag. They just paid the man. He's had back issues his entire career. So now mm-hmm. it's a nerve. Concerning. It is concerning. I mean, even beyond the season, a nerve issue like that's that's incredibly concerning. I gotta hate that because I mean, he really was turning into he he I turned really he turned the corner. I thought this was MIP year for him. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, he earned the money that he got in the off season. So MPJ getting MIP. That's what I was expecting. But yeah, yeah. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, he can come back. All right, up next, uh, one of the NFL's most unique players, one of your favorite players, actually, Jay, Taysom Hill, has agreed to one of the league's most unique contract extensions Monday. Again? With the, again, with the New Orleans Saints. Sources told ESPN's Adam Schefter that his new deal will pay him $40 million over the next four years if he remains in his current role, in which he serves as backup quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, as well as special teams ace. However... <laughs> The deal can actually get up to $95 million if he becomes the Saints' starting quarterback over the next four years. $22.5 million guaranteed. He's 31 years old. Uh, was scheduled to become a free agent after his contract extension in 2020. That's a whole lot of words and a whole lot of uh, stuff going on with Taysom Hill, but that makes perfect sense since he does everything but coach the team. So they gave him basically $22 million in guaranteed money just because he's a he's a utility Just knife. to be himself. He's a Swiss yes. Army knife. That's yes. basically what they did. Um, so basically they did this so that they can take away $8 million, add $8 million to their salary cap so they can go sign other players. So basically they just restructured. They're using him as the restructure guy to be able to sign other players. Mm-hmm. So you can you can add that to his other 20 job descriptions as well. What would you call that? Contract. The, Con, uh, he's a salary cap enabler. Salary cap enabler. <laughs> <laughs> That's his job. He is the capologist enabler. What I wonder is, I mean, does he really actually help the team win games? Like if you looked at, went to YouTube and looked at highlights of Taysom Hill game winning plays. I mean, I know they love him and he does a lot, but for some, I would... I just don't get it. I don't get it. I like what he does. He's interesting, but I don't get it. All right. So lastly, as I sort of prefaced earlier, uh, Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud has become the Heisman favorite, Um, according to Caesar Sportsbook, followed by Alabama quarterback Bryce Young at plus 175. So as it stands now, Jay, which of those two, since it looks like it's going to be one of the two, do you think is going to actually come away with the Heisman? C.J. I can see C.J. getting it. Um even though he has way more weapons than Bryce, I, I can see it going to CJ. If he if he puts up numbers like he did last week, this week, who does Alabama have? Oh, Alabama has Auburn. They have the Iron Bowl this yes, week. Do. And then uh, Ohio State has the big game. So this is both opportunity to do something. Now, Auburn is known for being a spoiler to Alabama. Mm-hmm. So hopefully Alabama don't take <laughs> this L and ruin their entire season. Right. But, yeah, yeah. I think CJ ends up winning it. What I want to know is who's going to be the third guy 
and third guy given a three tri- a free trip to New York for the Heisman ceremony. Thibodeau. He knows they're not going to win. Thibodeau. Yeah. He should, but he's probably not. I don't know. That's <laughs> really about Maybe it. Maybe Matt Coral. Ah, that's a good. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I don't know How about the entire else. Georgia defense. They just sent all of them. Send all of them. Jordan Davis needs to yeah, be there. Exactly. Yeah, Jordan Davis. That, I would like him more than Thibodeau. Send him there too. Yep. I like that. All right. All right. Well, we appreciate you joining us as usual here on Unfair Sports. Thank you for checking us out here on the YouTube's as well as listening to us wherever podcasts are downloaded and listened to. While you're here, please like and subscribe. Leave us a comment as well, and then rate us and review us and give us five stars. You don't think we deserve it? Meh, just give us five anyway. Give it. Go ahead and gift it. So, for Mike, Bob, and Wendy, thank you so much for doing your thing on the back inside for your favorite co-host, Jimmy. Yep. He'll uh, have his one one his one his topic in uh, his Frozen uh, Five. I'm, I'm, I'm going to three points and Frozen Five. Oh, you're going to do a deep one. Yeah. A big show. Yeah. Okay. Three points to make. I'm going to give you the Frozen Five. We're going to look back to get... Look back to getting on the winning track. We're back do it. on the winning track. We're gonna yep. be back like Dak. Not betting on Dak. The splat. <laughs> you planning on picking any of these uh, Thanksgiving games? No, absolutely not. He's not touching a single one. Too many one variables over. I don't trust. I concur. Mm-hmm. Okay, so with that, <laughs> we will chop it up with y'all in a few days. Peace. Peace. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.